0: Welcome to the Friday Shootaround, your K-State basketball show, presented by Booth Creek Wagyu. Now let's go to the Flint Hills, home of GPC's hidden studio. Here's your host, Ryan Gilbert. Welcome in here to the Friday Shootaround. I am Ryan Gilbert. He is Clint Stewart, Kansas State, coming off of an impressive overtime victory over Baylor. On Tuesday, Jerome Tang's Wildcats are now 10-0, going back to last year in overtime games. We're going to break down that one, but we'll also talk about Kansas State's loss to Texas Tech from Saturday. What went wrong there? What went right against Baylor? We'll take a peek ahead and look at Oklahoma State coming up on Saturday, as well as Iowa State coming up early next week. Clint, before we do that, uh, a quick message from our sponsor, Booth Creek Creek Wagyu. Remember to elevate your tailgate with our friends from Booth Creek Wagyu. Their ranch is located just north of Manhattan. Proudly raises authentic uh, Wagyu from farm to table. Visit their lo- retail locations in Overland Park in Manhattan or online at boothcreekwagyu.com. I'm going to be honest, I forgot about that read and just now entered my mind. So I didn't read the script. That was all memory. Hope I did good. Um, and also, if you're watching on YouTube, be be sure you're hitting subscribe, like, comment, let us know how we're doing. Um, Clint, I it was brought to my attention that I, I address you as former Wildcat, but I, I think the right way is maybe former player because you're always a wildcat, right, man?
1: That that's right. Emo for life. Uh and I'm impressed by your uh, memory there on, on the uh, advertisement that's been sponsored. So it's pretty, pretty good, man. It's uh you're you're pretty, pretty good. Right, yeah. <laughs> <I guess. laughs> um man, let's dive
0: right into it. I, I know that we'll talk about Texas Tech here in a moment, but I think fans really want to hear about Baylor in this mm-hmm. game, um, K State you know, like I said, 10 and 0 now in overtime games under Jerome Tang. Uh, and Jerome Tang was asked about it after the game. Um, what's the key to continue to win these games? Um, and five to grind is what he said. I'm curious, do you even know what that is as a coach? Is this something that you practice with your team? And and how important can this five to grind drill be in in practice to to let
1: that show in games? Yeah, I mean, and, and so I had a luxury of uh... – uh, hitting up uh, Coach Perry and then asking him about that and and five to grind uh, for Kansas State is at the end of practice five minutes on the clock and and just working execution. Uh, they put score up on on the scoreboard and um, execution, you know, offensively, defensively, the, the last five minutes of a game. And uh, as you can see, I think it's really helped uh, the Wildcats over the last two years uh, under uh, Coach Tang uh, executing down the stretch and figuring out ways to go win. Uh, when, when it gets into overtime and, and and where every single possession is just maximized, you know, and so uh, it's really boded them well. Um, and it's something that I, I think, uh, you know, I even myself as a coach was, I, I got the details on him. Like we, we need to probably do some of that as well. Um, and I think it's really good for, for our Wildcats. And we're seeing that down the stretch of, of games and how we can close out, you know, games obviously it didn't go as well as we wanted to against Texas tech, but um, we'll count that one as an anomaly. And uh, you know, we've been doing really good during down the stretch of games.
0: Obviously, the x's and O's and in practice, that sorts of stuff, you know, I think k State staff obviously has an advantage with that five to grind. But just the confidence that that tang and his whole crew instill on all their players, like, you know that's tangible, right? They know they're going to go into overtime and win this game, you know, simply because they've been there and done that. Quinn, I think a lot of the stuff that you know we're going to talk about here with winning and overtime, it's nothing different than, what we said when K-State had won three overtime games in a row in late November, early December, it's just, you know what? We can win these games. We've been here
1: before. Let's just go out for another five minutes and win and, and get one more point than the opponent. It's all experience, you know, and the coaching staff has experience in it, uh, which gives the players confidence and uh, what the coaches are telling them to do. And uh, but now they're getting the experience, you know, obviously in it as well. And when you have that experience in those situations, um, you know, it, it's something you've done before. Um, you're confident in, in your abilities to go out there and, and finish the job. And so um, I think it's it's huge for our team. And when we talk about experience, not just the game experience. We have five different overtimes. But as we mentioned, the, the five-to-grind in practice and working that every single day is gaining that experience in that kind of situation uh, where where you know, you know how detailed you have to be to execute down the stretch, how important every single possession is. Um, and so when you get in the game, it's like, we we've done this. We've been here before. Um, we know what we need to do, and let's go out. And let's go do it. And so uh, it's been good, and and obviously it's, it's worked out well.
0: Arthur Kaluma was the
1: hero in overtime. How big was that shot against Baylor? Oh, it was insane, right? I, I um, you know, as he was shooting it, I think I probably was yelling at, at the screen, "No!" And it goes in, and one, yes, you know, I was just so <laughs> right? Um, you know, and, and he stepped up big and. Um, you know, I think he only had only shot the ball maybe nine times in, in the game and, and he's been shooting the ball well. And, and I like for him to shoot it even a, a few more times, um, you know, but that shot, uh, you know, in overtime uh, and one three. Um, I mean, it couldn't have, you know, you, that, that's not something you draw up. That's just something that happens by players making plays. And, and he made a, a great play and, and obviously got us to win.
0: I agree, man. I think that Kaluma needs to be more of a volume scorer. You know, Tyler Perry has taken more than two times more three-point attempts than Kaluma. And I'm not having a problem with Perry shooting the ball. Um, I think he maybe could get some smarter looks throughout games, but Kaluma needs to be a guy to take more shots. But at the same time, that doesn't mean he needs to start forcing things. You know, Kaluma's doing an excellent job right now of, of taking smart, smart shots and not forcing things. So is it really a challenge, especially when you've got a guy like Kaluma who has maybe a slower release is it a challenge to try to get more looks? Um, because mentally, you don't want to try to start forcing things, and that's when you start to get those misses. But Kaluma is, um, in in terms of three point percentage, the number one three point shooting uh, shooter on this team.
1: Yeah, and I think he's been you know he's been taking good good shots. You know, I thought uh, honestly early on in the season, I thought he forced some. Uh, but but lately he's been really playing to you know smart shots and then taking some really good ones. Uh, but I'd like to see him shoot more, and, and not only from the outside, but even driving the basketball. You know, getting to the rim. He's he's really crafty with his footwork, as you see, kind of around the rim, fadeaways, and and, and things. And so uh, for him just to look look to those opportunities, I think can really um, help us as a team. You know, when we talk about our three headed <clears throat> monster and scoring the basketball with Tyler and uh, Cam and, and obviously Arthur. Um, you know, I think Kaluma is, is one that that he's physical enough, he's big enough um, to be able to drive the basketball, get in there and get fouled even more, get to the free throw line um, uh, to really help us out and score the basketball. Early
0: on in the season, Jerome Tang said that Arthur Kaluma needed to buy in. And I think we talked about this on the show and a lot of us were just confused. You know, what does this mean? I think we we learned that Kaluma bought into his role as being more of a team player Um, rather than trying to force things. And I don't think he, I don't think Kaluma was trying to like be a superstar on his own. Like, it's all about me. I think that he was just trying to do too much. And so, yeah, Clint, you know, drum tang, everybody's started to see him let the game come to him and be more of a scorer when he's not forcing things. Early on in the year, I think that might have been part of the problem with him trying to do too much. But that shot in overtime from Kaluma, we don't get that opportunity if R.J. Jones, the true freshman, uh, the unlikely source comes in off the bench um, and hits probably the biggest three-pointer of his whole life. K-State doesn't have a chance for that win if Jones doesn't make that one right before Columas.
1: Yeah, and and, and Tang spoke about uh, R.J. and also Colbert and the maturity, you know, and I think not only for those two, I think he's he's also speaking about Columa, right, the maturity that, that they've gained over the season, um, just kind of maturing into their role, understanding that it's about the team, uh, understanding that um, for us to, to do what what, what we want to do and be able to win basketball games, everybody has to buy into their role. Everybody has to um, lock into the game plan. Um, everybody has to try to go out and execute to the best of their ability. Um, and it takes the entire team to do that, you know. And so the um, guys have to be ready when their number is called. You know, and I thought RJ obviously stepping in at a big moment, um, you, know, you know, Cam Carter fouls out of, out of the game. Um, you know, and, and RJ, I mean, when he shot it, it looked, I mean, there was no hesitation. It was, he didn't second guess himself. Um, you know, he was open. He shot it. It goes in big shot for us. Um, and it's good to see just those guys taking steps and, and maturing as the season's going on and just being ready for when their number's called and all that preparation that all goes into like practice, right? How What are you doing in practice to prepare yourself for that moment? So when you get that opportunity in the game, you're ready to step up and you're ready to make plays. And, and so it's good to see RJ do that
0: players like RJ, along with, with Colbert going on to scout team and practice. I mean, that just kind of says all you need to know uh, about the way that this team collectively is bought in to win games. It's not about what can I do for myself, my NBA draft stock or my points per game. Only thing that matters for this team is winning. And with Jones and Colbert going on to scout team, um, you don't get that often, but you know, K-State doesn't have as many GAs that can go out and, and Hoop, you know, they're, they're, they only have one walk on, and so they're a little shorthanded, so they kind of need those guys on scout team. Um, but to have guys like, like Jones and Colbert step up, it's huge. And, and they're winning these games, and, and I think that that's, that's what Jerome Tang wants to see. You know, these guys
1: doing what they can to help the team, not necessarily themselves. Well, a lot of people don't understand the way kind of scout team works. And and I talk to, you know, I have some younger guys on our high school team, you know, sophomores. And, um, you know, for scout team, the, the fun thing about being on scout team is usually you're, you know, the other players, you know, best players, and you have freedom right and so that freedom gives you confidence that you can step up and make shots because hey if you're playing scout team and and you're Joe Toussaint from Texas Tech hey guess what we want you driving the basketball we want you being aggressive all the time right we want you trying to score the basketball oh cool let's go like you know and so it gives those guys that freedom um, and then they gain confidence in in, in what they what they can do you know and I think that plays well for when they get the opportunity in the game they just have confidence you know obviously have to rein some things back because you know you're Joe Tasson and, and and Scout, but you're not going to be Joe Tasson on our team when we're trying to go win a basketball game. But they gain that confidence in themselves that, hey, I can make shots. Uh, I can score the basketball. I can do what coaches ask me to do. Um, and so, guess what? It's time for me to step up and make a big, big shot. I've already done it on Scout team as I was, you know, as we were preparing for Baylor and, and you know, RJ Jones had to play, you know, Jaden Nunn, uh, you know, okay, cool. I'm ready to step up and shoot the ball because that's what I had to do the whole week. Right. And so, um, and I think it bodes well for. For the whole team, and then it helps us out in the big games.
0: Dorian Finister, um, how much has he continued to just grow here in Big Twelve play as a reliable candidate to be maybe an X factor on this team?
1: Yeah, I mean, five points, five rebounds, three assist, um, twenty in about twenty minutes play. Just comes out, does does what he needs to do, Um, and and when you look at his stat line and you see zero turnovers, I think that's the biggest key. I mean, so he's out there taking care of the basketball, and so if you can take care of the basketball, any coach, you can take care of the basketball and you can defend, you can get on the floor, you know, and and so um, I think you're seeing him just fill into a nice role. You know, he had a nice alley-oop from Cam, Uh, Carter and and he had one as well against Texas Tech. Ali, you he he laid the one up against Texas Tech, he dunked the one on Baylor. Um, so I guess maybe we got to tell him, Hey, every time you get the Ali, you need you to dunk it, that way we know we're going to win the game. So, uh, that's the only difference in the two games
0: (laughs) with Texas Tech. I hate to revisit this, but we've got to talk about it a little bit. Um, K State, in my opinion, really, that slow start, the awful start down in Lubbock is is really what lost them the game, they dug themselves a hole. That was really tough to dig out of. And they dug out of it, had a double-digit lead at halftime. But in the back of my mind, I just kind of felt this is going to come back to bite them. Sure enough, it did. Uh, They cooled off after Tyler Perry, you know, caught fire um, in the first half. And 18 turnovers, Clint is not going to win you many games. And, in fact, K-State has never won a game under Jerome Tang. 0-6 now when it commits more than 18 turnovers in the Big 12. And so um, just a sloppy game. But that's a frustrating one when you had it right there and you lose it by one. Those are the games that you have to steal on the road in the Big
1: 12 case State couldn't get it done. Yeah, it was a big game for us. I mean, on the road, um, had the opportunity to win and one that I'm sure we'll look back and say we should have won, um, you know, especially when you look at down the stretch, you know, five minutes or so up, what, 55 to 46 Um, with an opportunity to to go win the basketball game Um, there are a couple big key plays in that game Uh, one was free throw situation and and they're shooting a free throw the game is 57 52 with about two and a half left Um, they missed the free throw get get the rebound offensive rebound put back and one you know with two and a half minutes I thought that was a a key play in the game where if we get that rebound you know up five with the ball two and a half um, I feel pretty good for about you know where where we're at Um, another one is, is you know Toussaint came down and uh, his and one at the end of the game, um, I mean, if you watch it, he stride stops, which is a, a right-left uh, stride stop. So his right puts his pivot foot. He pumps three or four times. And then he steps through with his right. And I'm like, that's a travel. Um, you know, unfortunately, it's not called. Um, you know, it was a foul, but there was a travel before the foul. And then that's just kind of – uh, how things kind of played out. But if, if that's called a travel there, you know, and he doesn't get the end one, we're still winning the game with the ball and they're going to have to foul us, you know. And so two big plays, you know, but I think we had our opportunities down the stretch and, and you know, we just didn't execute to the best that, that we could have and didn't get the stops that we needed. And um, it's a learning opportunity for us. And, and uh, unfortunately, it got away from us on the road and one that I think we feel like, man, if we had a, a few possessions back, we win that basketball game.
0: You're a coach. Um, what's the, the art, the science of, Working the officials, especially when they blatantly miss a call like that with two stomp traveling um, and not just, you know, one call here, but over the course of a game, you know, how do you how do you get your message across that? You know, this is this isn't being you know, treated fairly. And I'm not saying the officials were completely for Texas Tech that entire game, but that specific call
1: was huge and played a big part in K-State losing that game. Yeah, you know, and and it's tough because it's always kind of a a feel game when it comes to the refs. Because you know, you also don't want to put yourself in a situation where you're going to hurt the team with maybe a technical foul. You know, and in, in, in the wrong um, part of the game. You know, especially there, you know, they're at the end of the game. You know, I know Tang knows I can't get a technical foul here at the end of the game. You know, I could obviously uh, change the outcome of the game. But uh, you know, throughout the game, you know, you're you're just trying to make sure that everything is is. um called, you know, fairly, right? I mean, and and that's the biggest thing we want as coaches. You know, if you're going to call touch fouls on on one side of the floor, call on the other, right? If you're going to call travels on this side, call on, on the other, and as long as they can um, be fair and consistent across the board, you know, then we can have the players adjust to how they're how they're calling the game. And so uh, it gets pretty tough when when, it, when you don't feel like it's consistent and then you're trying to just figure out the flow of the game, uh, what calls are going to be called and which ones are not, and why are they calling this one versus not calling it on the other floor, other side of the floor. Um, then it can be tough. And then, then, you know, as a coach, you just have to make sure that uh, you continue to iterate that to the refs. And, hey, we want it to be consistent. We want, like, great foul call. I love it. Call the same thing down here, you know. And so – as long as they're consistent, then we can live with it.
0: We'll wrap up this Texas Tech game. I'll ask you this question, Clint: the final possession, Tyler Perry. Um, not much was going on, and so Tang called a timeout. He, you know, Perry was just kind of dribbling around, and I like the timeout from Tang. You know, try to draw something up. They come out of that timeout, and it's just Perry going to the hoop. Now, I I, I like I like I like Perry going downhill um, to use his body. You know, to try to draw you know, contact and get that foul called. Um, I'm not trying to bring officiating in this, but to try to get a foul call. um, I like that. But at the same time, with this staff that Jerome Tang has put together um, and how many times we have seen them give their team, you know, two free points out of a timeout, were you a fan of that call to just have someone going downhill or would you like to see somebody, you know, get schemed up a little bit better for an open look? (laughs)
1: Yeah, you know, and and it's tough because Perry is a guy that that's shown that he can make big shots in big time moments, and so obviously you want the basketball in his hand, um, and then try to get him, you know, going downhill. I know he had a a snatchback, you know, and kind of pull back, and that's one that he hit against uh, Villanova, um, which was a big shot, and 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 you know, I think Texas Tech did a good job of of defending him in the snatchback, and then he try to kind of drive it, get into the lane, and 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 get fouled as he shot kind of a fadeaway, um, you know. But it, it's really kind of a He's uh, got to kind of fill it out. You know, I think, you know, we, we wanted the ball in his hands at that point in time. Um, and then obviously he's a playmaker for us. You know, I think probably another option would have been, you know, could we have got something with the you know, Columa being a bigger guard, um, you know, maybe inside, you know, that maybe uh, could have, could have voted us well as well. But also when you think about Tyler, it's like, man, if he gets fouled, it's almost automatic from the free throw line. Right. And so um, you get him going downhill and, 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 you know, Texas tech doesn't do a good job and he's able to get to the free throw line. then, you know, Hey, these are going in, you know, and so um, I like the call. And unfortunately, it just didn't work out for us.
0: At the end of the day, K State is three and one right now, Uh, especially these last two games. You go one and one on the road against a team that was unbeaten at the time in Big 12 play, and then a top 10 team at home. You get one of those two, you're three and one. You know, you would have loved to have stolen that one on the road at Texas Tech. That would have been awesome. But all things considered, to be three and one right now is 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 okay, and you're in a good spot if you're a drum tank coming into the year, good ask you clint k state after especially after that u s c loss you know to open up the season or you know the way things went against miami to be three and one, if I were to told you you know this team's going to be three and one after four games, you would gladly take that
1: right no oh, yeah, it's great, and much rather be three and one than uh one and three or oh and three and so um, three and one sitting in a good place too uh, going in this weekend you know at home against Oklahoma State. Uh legends game have a lot of alumni back. Um, you know, and Oklahoma State's been been obviously struggling, having not won in the Big 12. Uh what you hope is we don't have a, just kind of a mental lapse, you know, coming off of a big win at home against Baylor. Um, you know, you can't uh, can't relax and just you know think, oh, okay, we're just gonna come in and then they're gonna lay down. No, they're gonna they're gonna fight. You know, Boyne's gonna have those guys ready to play and they're gonna come in. Uh, trying to steal one and get their first big 12 win. And so we just got to come out with the right mindset um, and, and understand that uh, it's one day at a time. And as Tang and, and his staff always says, what's next. All right, what's next? Well, next is, is Oklahoma state. And we got to go with the right approach um, and, and protect our home and our, our, our home court to, to get the win.
0: We'll break that, that. We'll break down that game here in just a moment, but, but first a quick break here on the Friday shoot around. We'll be right back after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back to the show. Let's head back to the studio. Welcome back in here to the Friday shoot around. I am Ryan Gilbert. He is Clint Stewart, K-State, looking to go 4-1 and one in Big 12 play on Saturday against Oklahoma State. Um, among those in attendance is going to be 2025 Hoops prospect King Grace. And, Clint, I bring this up. David Castillo was in attendance on Tuesday against Baylor. Um, I know I texted with him. You texted with him. For obviously Castillo signed, he's 100% bought in on K-State hoops. But for a guy that's not, who's just a recruit, um, how important can that atmosphere be um, inside of the octagon of doom for a guy to be like, wow, you know, let alone the coaching staff or w- w- whatever you're looking for as a recruit, you see that electric atmosphere in Bramwich
1: Coliseum, you might be giving K-State a closer look. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, and, and as a recruit coming in, um, you know, when, when you get in that uh, the octagon of doom and it's it's booming and popping uh, as it was on, on Tuesday night against Baylor. Um, it gives you a feel and, and a sense of home. Like, you're just like, man, I want to play in front of this, you know. And so um, it's big for, for our community and our fans to to show up and, and, and let him know that, um, you know, this is what it's like. You know, if you come here, you know, we're going to support you. Um, we're going to be cheering for you. We're going to have your back. Um, you're part of the family. And uh, it's a fun place to be. You know, one of the things that um, David uh, Castillo texted me after the game, he said, uh, he's a Coach, He's like it. It was crazy. Like I didn't know it was this insane. You know, uh, you know, and just how loud it was, and then the hype. And and I said, well, I said, yeah, that's uh, that, that, that's K State, and uh, I'm looking forward to you playing in front of that insane crowd starting next year. You know. And he said, you already know, and you're going to be there watching me. I said, that's right. So uh, it's it's a fun place, and uh, you know, I think for any recruit coming in, when I see just the, the atmosphere, um, and then you you couple that with. Uh, the team and then the chemistry and the coaching staff and and what they're doing. And um, not only just basketball wise, but uh, the life lessons um, that are being taught. It's it's just a place that uh, hopefully as a recruit comes in says, yes, this is where I want to be.
0: With Oklahoma State, I mean, you you touched on it a moment ago, but this is not a very good basketball team right now. Um, But K-State did have that game against West Virginia, kind of that same sort of team that is underperforming you got to lock in night in and night out, you know, after every win, you mentioned it, what's next. Well, Oklahoma state is what's next. And so is there any, any, I guess, concern from you that
1: K state might be looking ahead to that bigger matchup next week against Iowa state? Uh, you know, there's always concern and, in, in trying to keep the guys locked into um, one game at a time, you know, and, and it's something that it's easy to say it's, it's a little bit harder to do at, at times, especially when, you know, um, you know, you might have a, an opponent that, hasn't been playing well. Um, and, and one that, you know, if you look on paper, you know, we, we should beat, um, you, you know, and, and, um, some might say in, in, an easy game, but one thing about the big 12 is no game is easy. And, 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 any given night, um, you know, any team can beat any team. And so, um, the thing we have playing to our advantage is we're at home, you know, and so we, hopefully we can feed off of our crowd, um, to get going early. Um, and, and hopefully our crowd can help, You know, cause some disruption in in Oklahoma State players and and their play calls and what they're trying to do. And, um, you know, I think that can obviously help us in a game, you know, that hopefully uh, we can limit any kind of distraction of looking ahead and and, and take care of the business that's right in front of us. So it should be a good game. It'll be fun having alumni back, uh, obviously, there in, in Bramlage. And I'm sure the team is ready to show out.
0: Coming up next week against Iowa State on the road. I mean, that's a team that's 2-0 and at home in Big 12 play, 0-2 on the road. And so, Hilton, I'm, I'm curious, like, your perspective when you were a player, was it like how it was now, how tough it is to play and how Hilton Magic gets going? Um, but how, more importantly, how challenging is that going to be? We saw them beat Houston at home, like, and we know Houston's a pretty darn good team. Um, we could break down Houston next week because K-State plays them a week from Saturday. And so, overall, man, Iowa State, this is not going to be
1: a walk in the park for this team. It's not. And, and, and um, no disrespect to, to Iowa and Iowa State, but I, I didn't like traveling. It's not a fun place to go travel up to. Um, and then and I'll to go play in, in front of the Hilton Magic. Um, but, you know, they have a great crowd as well. And, and they, they play well at home. They've always been that way. Um, even from when I played, you know, many moons ago, it was about 15 years ago. Um, and, and so for us, we got to be locked in. We're going to have to execute. It uh, can get loud in there. Um, and so you really got to rely on. Uh, the team and then the guys and our leaders uh, leading us, you know, especially when we're on the opposite end of the floor, trying to run offense um, and, and guys all have to be locked in, you know, because they have traditionally have played better at home than what they have on the road. And, and for us, if we can win on Saturday and then, uh, you know, feel good about where we're at and then go in and, and, and win on the road at Iowa state, you know, we'll be sitting at five and one in the big 12. And I think Tang kind of mentioned it, we need to get to eight or nine wins, you know, for, for the NCAA tournament. And so, um, I think that'll put us in a good position you know as we go down the stretch and we start playing uh, some of the upper uh, echelon teams in the big twelve
0: so you mentioned I was gonna bring this up with tang eight or nine wins that's where they want to be entering big twelve play I, I felt like that was kind of just the overall hope and expectation that you can win those that certain number of games get you into the NCAA tournament and kind of just see what goes what what happens from there now especially when you watch tang's press conferences and just be around this team a little bit. Uh K-State, Jerome Tang, his whole staff, all the players, they feel like, okay, now we can start competing for the top half of the Big 12, um, try to gain an advantage in March Madness by getting, a, you know, like a five or a six or a seven seed. Um, I'm not saying, you know, K-State doesn't have the firepower to get up to that three seed line like it was last season. But I think over these four games in conference play, this the the bar has been raised after the way K-State has played and is one point away from being 4-0 right now.
1: Yeah, well, I think, you know, we kind of gained some confidence and, and 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 things, which is really good. And, you know, our team were playing really well. And we, we kind of mentioned it early on. We said, you know, there, we had some close games against some opponents that, you know, maybe you'd say, oh, we should we should blow them out. But at the same time, we're learning, you know, and, and we have a, a bunch of, of new guys kind of meshing together. And I think we're starting to see them uh, fill into their roles. And, and as a coaching staff, um, you know, Co- Coach Tang and staff, they like what they're seeing now and saying, hey, the guys are finally starting to fall into to what we need them to do and, and understanding what they can do to help the team win and be successful. And anytime you do that, then, you know, you have a chance every single, every single time out. And so, you know, I think we've put ourselves in a position now where, um, you know, we're feeling really good about where we're at, but, but um, you got to continue to get better, continue um, to, to push forward um, because, you know, as good as we are right now at three and one, um, you know, in the midst of a week or two, you can lose three or four games in a row and all of a sudden it looks like a totally different season. Um, and so just got to continue to get better at it. And, and like I said, at the end of the day, if we focus on the one to no every single day, not only in the games, but in practices, one to know today in practice, that means we're getting better. Um, and we're going to put ourselves in a position to obviously move up that seed line when it comes to the NCAA tournament.
0: How important is rebounding going to be for this team? Uh, it was not pretty against Baylor and some, you know, K-State was able to, to squeak out of there with the win. So we always talk about turnovers or this or that. This guy's got to be better shooting, rebounding just in general. And I think this is maybe a, a challenge to David Gasson and Will McNair down low in the paint. How important is this going to be for K-State?
1: Yeah, I think it's really important for us. I think Baylor is only the fifth game uh, all season that we got out-rebounded. Uh, the biggest thing there was, you know, Baylor had 23 offensive rebounds, you know, and we, we can't uh, give up offensive rebounds um, to, to, to to the opponents in the Big 12, you know, and so you can almost look at that and say we kind of snuck that one out by, by giving up 23 offensive rebounds, but I mean, that's almost unheard of or insane or absurd, you know, and I'm sure from a coaching staff perspective, I, I know they've kind of talked about that with the players this week and preparing for uh, Oklahoma State. Um, we've got to do a better job on, on the glass, and we've been doing a good job on the glass, you know, but I think just got to continue that focus on it, and and then for us, you know, we would like to get second chance opportunities as we're, we're a pretty good offensive rebounding team. Um, and so those second chance opportunities for us will be big, you know, especially when we don't shoot the ball at, at a high clip, you know, and then I think, um, you know, just getting those extra shots up at the rim um, and hopefully getting fouled, especially if you're trying to get putbacks, getting to the free throw line, I think is really big. And, and, and you know, when you talk about tight games, it comes down to free throws, turnovers, rebounds, you know, and so um, those are going to be big for us as we move on.
0: Assuming K-State can make it into March Madness, when that time does come, what do you envision Jarrell Colbert's role being? Or is he even going to see the court at all? I'm not saying that he needs to be a a guy to play 20 minutes a game. Uh, And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I think he's more of a role player at this point in his career. But to go in and be a rim protector, maybe grab a few rebounds and help out Gasson and McNair, is that okay? Is that all you maybe want from a guy like Jarrell Colbert? Right, Not right now, but I guess I asked you in March Madness when it really starts to matter um, where do you see Colbert being two months from
1: now? Yeah, I think it's, it's all matchup based, you know, but for him, he has to continue just, just getting better every day. So when his number's called, he's ready to play. But I think as we look at the matchups, you know, when you get into March Madness uh, and say tournament, you know, more than likely you're going to be playing against teams you haven't played against all all, all year and haven't seen. And so, um, you know, there's going to be some teams that have um, a bigger lineup where we're going to say, Hey, we're going to need Colbert to play, uh, you know, a, a bigger amount of minutes, you know, because of, their strength and physicality inside, or it uh, might be a team that, that might be, uh, you know, smaller with all guards. And so he might not get on the floor as much just because of the matchups and, and what we need to be able to defend, you know, four or five guards out on the floor, but he has to stay ready, you know, and when his number's called and he's, he's ready to go in and ready to contribute. You know, I think he can uh, do some really good things for us with his size and protecting the rim and given uh, Will uh, McNair some, um, some, some, some breathers that they're going to be needed. You know, as Tang mentioned, we, we can't rely on him playing 36, 37 minutes. And so uh, for him to play his best, he probably needs to play, you know, about 30 minutes a game or or so or less. Um, And so Colbert just has to be ready to come in and contribute when that number's called.
0: Not just with Will McNair, but uh, you don't want Tyler Perry or Cam Carter, Kaluma, you don't want these guys to be on the court for 38 minutes a game. Uh, Especially when you add in the fact that K-State has a, a knack for playing in overtime, and that's an extra five minutes. That's going to start to add up on your body, mentally, physically, all that stuff. Uh, so it's it's going to be real important for these guys, not only Colbert but Jones and Finister, and you know Ames is going to come back on on Saturday. We think from his ankle injury, Michaela Bridge, maybe his number is going to be called at some point. Um, there's only so much that these superstars can do, and so that's why this bench it's it's so important for them to to continue to to gain. To gain trust from Jerome Tang that, you know what, I can look at the bench and point at you and say, hey, you're going in the game. I can trust you. You're going to do a good job. I don't have to, I don't have to worry about, are you going to turn it over? Are you going to take a bad shot? Are you going to be nervous? I think that's key is, is just these players continuing to gain trust from Jerome Tang.
1: Yeah, it is. And, and, and those guys coming off the bench, um, I mean, it's, it's literally, you look at uh, R.J. Jones, he played five minutes the last game. It's literally, in those five minutes, can you give me, everything you have positively on the floor to impact the game. Um, And sometimes that impact the game, it might not be scoring. Like that impact the game is going out there, defending, talking, communicating, rebounding the basketball, or not letting your guy, you know, get offensive rebounds. Uh, But how can you impact the game in whatever amount of minutes that you get and understand as a player, like that is your job, you know? And so, um, you know, for these guys like, like RJ, like Michaela Bridge, you know, day, day, you know, getting him back. Um, you know, it's, you know, we're, we're not going to be relying on them to, to play heavy minutes, but what we need them to do is come in and be ready to impact the game. And then you never know how the game might go, right? Might have some guys in foul trouble, or you might come in and play really well. And the coach says, hey, guess what? Instead of that five, six minutes, we want you to play 12, 13, you know, and that's kind of what happened with, with Dorian, right? I mean, you started just playing well, and is like, okay, well, let's bump those minutes up, you know, and I was up to about 20 minutes, you know, and really helping us out. Um, and so, just got to be ready uh, to impact the game in whatever way they can, you know, positively, and 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 hopefully when they get in there, they can do that.
0: Clint, we'll wrap it up with this, and we don't do many predictions here on the show. Maybe we should start doing this. Uh, K State against Oklahoma State, and then Iowa State as well. What what are you thinking here? Can they go two and zero,
1: or maybe a slip up on the road against Iowa State? Yeah, I mean, I, I like our our chances here at home uh, against Oklahoma State. You know, as long as we come in, come out with the right mindset. Um, you know, I think we should pull out the win um, and then and have a good weekend, uh, which is really nice. And then going up to Iowa State, I think, is, is, is going to be a tough one. You know, I think um, we're going to have to play really well. We're going to shoot the ball um, a little bit better than, than what we did, uh, even against Baylor. You know, we didn't shoot the ball particularly well from, from three we We're seven for 23. Um, I think we're going to have to make some shots. You know, we shot it well against Tech, um, you know, but we're going to have to make some shots, limit our turnovers. Um, and then we're going to really have to defend because it feels like Iowa State shoots the ball better at home. As, as well. So really have to defend um, and, and we'll have a shot to win that game as well, you know, but it's not going to be easy and uh, it's going to take everybody locked in to, to go and get a win on the road, which is always hard.
0: All right, Clint. Appreciate you as always, man. We'll be back here next Friday, breaking down these two games from Kansas state. Also, if you're watching on YouTube, man, go power cat. We're doing a lot on this YouTube channel. Brian Hanley just launched his week his, his daily show earlier this week, the big insiders, um, I know I'm going to be a part of that moving forward, Clint. Maybe we can get you on there at some point as well. Um, but it's, it's never been a better time uh, to be a K-State fan, not only with hoops, but with football as well. Everything's been going well with K-State sports. So be sure subscribing here on Go Power Cats' YouTube channel. If not, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple, wherever that may be, I don't know how it works. Give us a, a thumbs up or a five-star. It always helps us grow. But, Clint, we'll talk to you next week, man. Appreciate your time. Um, and once again, K-State. Three and one right now in Big 12 play. We'll break down the next two games next week on the Friday shoot around. All right. Appreciate it. Go Cats. This has been a
1: GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street production. Please support this show by subscribing to this YouTube channel or follow us on your favorite podcast platform.